KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In Depth. I'm Tom Rickard. Hey, Doss. Hey, Tom. Okay, I'm going to put you on speaker so it'll pick up on the um, on the recording. Okay. There are actually a whole lot of reasons why people are not allowed to donate blood. I had no idea it was this low, but only about 38% of the United States population is eligible. I want to get a level check. Can you tell me who you are? Hadas Kuznets, news reporter for KYW News Radio. You can't give blood if you're sick. Some medications might disqualify you. You have to wait if you've traveled somewhere where certain diseases are common. And here's another population that can't give blood. If you're a gay man, you have to be celibate for 12 months before you're allowed to donate blood. But on Thursday, April 2nd, the FDA changed that. We'll get to that in a minute. First, let's meet Huey Dillon. All right, so this kind of starts with you reaching out to Huey. Why did why did you give him a call? Because, well, first of all, he is a friend of mine. I've known him for many years. He came to my wedding. Um, Huey Dillon is a Fairmount resident, kind of like a... Philadelphia paparazzi photographer, covers a lot of charity events. He works for different various media outlets. Um, He is a gay married man who is just now recovering from COVID-19. I follow him on social media and I saw that he he told his followers that he was first um, coming down with some symptoms and had been and had tested positive for COVID-19. Now that was back in mid-March. I gave him a call, didn't um, do a story, just kind of checked in on him because I I was honestly I was a little worried about him and I I just didn't feel right to do a story if he was gonna get worse. But when he started getting better, I thought like that's great and I would love to talk to him about what he went through because I think I thought other people would be interested in that, too, because this is such a brand new virus. And we don't really know how it affects people. Okay, so tell me a little about your ex- your health experience over the past uh, week or so. Like, Can you take me through the progression first? Sure. Uh, March 16th, I had a sore throat and a chest was heavy and really serious back pain and a cough. And so I called my doctor and she said, come in tomorrow, which was March 17th, and uh, and get tested. And she was actually setting up testing at her, her practice. They did it in the parking lot. And um, I had very minor symptoms. Like I had a low fever of 99 for the entire week. And then Thursday, I got this head cold and I started getting chills And Friday, she called me to tell me that I had tested positive. He went from like a low-grade fever of 99 to like 100, 102 degrees. And that's when I got the nausea, splitting headache, where I I basically slept the whole weekend as well. Now, this is a guy that usually sleeps like four hours because he's a one-man newsroom covering every single party and event in the city. And now he's suddenly... Uh, can't get out of bed unless he has 12 hours of sleep. So this is very uncharacteristic of him. I wasn't hungry, but towards the end, when I had the 102 fever, I did get some soup and I noticed that I couldn't taste the soup. I didn't even realize that that was a symptom till later in the day I read it 
online. He was really worried that it was going to move into his chest and he was going to end up in the hospital. And to that end, he was like really preparing to go to the hospital. He was charging his phone. He was he had packed a bag. He knew that if he went to the hospital, he would be alone. He wouldn't have visitors. His husband wouldn't be able to come with him because of the nature of this virus. So he was really worried. But his fever broke. And then instead of it getting worse, it got better. Uh, my fever broke seven days ago, but I still have symptoms. I still have the head cold and I still have a cough. I just spoke to my doctor. Actually, this morning we had a video um, conference and, you know, it's whenever my cough and this runny nose or this congestion ends, seven days from that will be when I am clear, when I will start building the antibodies. I feel much better. I can't say that f- the fear has ever left me. I don't know if the fear will ever leave me because like my doctor and many people say, there, it's just, it's an unknown, you know, so I'm hoping... When this cough, I mean, I just can't believe I still have this cough and this head cold after a week after my fever broke. Once the lingering cough and cold go away, he has to continue to quarantine for another seven days and then he'll be considered recovered. I'm so glad he's feeling a little bit better. This is, um, I can't imagine how scary that was. When did he first start thinking about uh, antibodies and plasma? Well, he knew that he wanted to donate his blood. Um, He knows another person who is actually younger than him and is on a ventilator. And he said, you know, if I get through this, I want to help people. So he knew that he wanted to donate his blood immediately. About a week ago, a plasma company did contact me because I had written online that I wanted to um, donate my antibodies because I hear they are working on working with the FDA on policies and procedures and how to collect the antibodies in the plasma to give them to people that are seriously ill. There's actually something about this on the front page of the Red Cross's website too. Uh, I'm just going to read from it. The Red Cross is seeking people who are fully recovered from COVID-19 and may be able to donate plasma to help current patients. People who have fully recovered from COVID-19 have antibodies in their plasma that can attack the virus. The Red Cross has been asked by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to help identify prospective donors. If you're fully recovered from a verified coronavirus diagnosis, please review the information below and fill out the potential donor form. A Red Cross representative will follow up. So I did speak with uh, a doctor from the uh, Mazzoni Center in Philadelphia. This is Dr. Mark Watkins, uh, primary care general practitioner. They do a lot of LGBTQ care. He explained that like when you get sick, right, and then you get better, your body makes these things, they're called antibodies, that fight the disease. And if you have gotten COVID-19 and you've recovered from it, then those antibodies are now in your blood. So what they do is they take your blood. Basically, you remove the cells and you donate plasma, which is going to be rich in the antibodies. And that is then given to somebody who is critically ill, hospitalized patient, on a ventilator to hope that your antibodies will then attack the virus in their bloodstream. Your antibodies will multiply and help fight the virus in somebody else's body. Amazing, isn't it? They asked me if I was interested. Uh, They said that they saw my posting and that they didn't have any procedures yet to go forward until this week, which is uh, the first week in April. And if I, if I, and, and then I did read today about um, 
the FDA is still upholding the ban against gay and bisexual men from donating blood. So when I spoke with the plasma company at first, they said they didn't have a problem because they do tests if anyone's HIV or hepatitis or whatever diseases, of course, they would test in this modern age. I don't know why the FDA still has this antiquated law about banning gay people from donating blood. He was like, I have to wait a year. All right. I can't donate blood right now. Um, And then and I spoke to him about that and he was really mad. He was really upset. Right. Yeah. From the 80s and the 90s uh, when they didn't they didn't have the capabilities of testing the blood. But now I know they do. I don't know why they've never changed it. It's baffling to me. I was all ready to go save some lives. I was excited. And as one of the people that have survived COVID-19, we are the first batch of people that are negative and have these antibodies that can save people that are suffering and dying right now. And it was a real slap in the face to read that the FDA is still upholding this ban against gay and bisexual men from donating blood. Hopefully, there will be a groundswell of support that we could overturn this antiquated ban that the FDA put in place decades ago. Breaking news on KYW News Radio. The Food and Drug Administration just today has issued new guidelines for blood donations, expanding the pool of potential donors a bit as the pandemic has left that urgent need for blood. Now, donors who are men who would have not been allowed to donate for a year after having sex with another man now can donate three months after their last sexual encounter. A Williams Institute study found if the ban were lifted entirely, more than 600,000 additional pints of blood would be donated. That could help save more than a million lives every year. The new policies, the agency says, can be put in place right away without compromising the safety of the blood supply. As the FDA says, donor centers have experienced a dramatic reduction in donations. Okay, so this is Thursday when the new guidelines from the FDA came out. That's a day after Hadass had called Huey. So she called him back to get his reaction. I'm ready. Okay, great. So what is your reaction to the changes in rules for donating blood and plasma? I think that the FDA and the government just put that out there to quell the anger from common sense people who say it's ridiculous that you would discriminate against gay people for donating blood. It used to be one year abstaining from sex, you could donate blood uh, that could be used to save lives. So now they changed it to three months. So you have to abstain from sex for three months and then you can donate blood. Guess what? We need that blood today to save lives today. He thinks it's unfair, it's discriminatory, and beyond that, it's presumptive. Right, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of survivors walking around Right now, a lot of people are still very sick. I think I think I heard on the news there was over 4,000 people who could donate their plasma. I'm not sure how many of them are gay and are going to have to wait three months. And they have to make a promise that they abstained from sex for three months. So, you know, you young people, you, I, I, mean, I mean, they're still going to accept, you know, blood from... Young adults who are on Tinder and, you know, going acting wild and having sex like young people do, 
But, you know, gay people, especially me, I'm, I'm in a relationship for five years, married for five years. You know, they're not going to accept my blood. And I happen to be COVID-19 survivor. So I have the plasma and the antibodies that can save some lives. So I, I'm really, I'm angry. I'm, yeah. I'm really angry. I don't even understand why they would say three months. Like it should be zero months. It should be, we will test the blood and make sure it's safe. You know, three, maybe the, I was at, I really wanted to know why three months. Of course, any blood donation is, gets an HIV tested. And basically the way the FDA is looking at this, our present test has an accuracy rate of about 95% within three weeks after a person's exposed to HIV. The rest of the people will all have a seroconversion blood level of antibodies that could be measured in the next three months. So that's why we're saying three-month time period. By then, if you get infected, the blood test would be positive. He also pointed out that there are some people that are on HIV uh, drugs that, like preventative drugs. Three months is enough time the way the FDA is looking at this for making sure that the blood is not going to spread HIV to somebody. But in the time of a crisis, when you consider there are people who are on HIV prevention medication called PrEP, and those medications are 99.4 or 99.7% protective. So if you have a gay man who is taking Discovy or Truvada for HIV prevention, and if after three weeks their test is negative, the risk is so, so, so minimal when you factor in the efficacy of these medications today. So in the situation with this pandemic and the global crisis that it's causing for the blood supply, as well as the factor that we could harvest antibodies from somebody who has survived and be able to use them for somebody who is critically ill, it's a little bit misleading. So to make this rule across the board, you know, Dylan says it's discriminatory. Uh, Dr. Watkins says... Um, it's uh, progress. He says it's not, he describes it as being not perfect. Well, that's why the ruling was changed to allow for blood donations during this time of significant global crisis to hopefully save somebody else's life. So this is significant. It's not perfect. But um, he does hope that eventually the FDA will start, when they see the urgency, maybe they'll... Start reconsidering and taking a look at the science of the test as well as the protectiveness of um, Truvada and Discovy. I pray, and I know there must be other people out there, I'm always promoting it, please donate your plasma. I mean, I'm not going to hold it against uh, the blood collecting places, certainly not Red Cross. The Red Cross would love to take my blood. It's, a, it's an FDA uh, regulation that they're putting it in place. So I don't want, I want people to go out and donate their blood, especially... COVID-19 survivors, so they could save these lives that are waiting for this procedure with the antibodies. He was very upset that this is discriminatory, but he's such a, like, giving person that he still wants to do it. And he talked to his husband about, like, wanting to donate anyway. You know, I, it's, it's crazy. I told my readers, of course, you know, my husband and I talked about it. And I have the antibodies, so I will make that commitment. But in the meantime, a lot of people are going to die before I hit the three-month period to be able to donate my antibodies. 
That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. If you want to listen to more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you just want to know how the news that you see on TV or hear on the radio will affect you personally, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Just search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tom Rickard, and we'll have another episode out soon. Thank you.